I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 276 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, I bring you Ask the Host. Now, I do this show every so often. A lot of times it's when I can't line a guest up, spare the moment, and I just ask the patrons, hey, doing Ask the Host, what do you guys want to uh, hear about? What do you guys want to ask me about? So, um, that's essentially where it comes from. And I let the patrons ask questions first. If there's people in the chat that want to ask about, um, you know, various things, I sure I, I let those people ask as well. And um, it's always fun. It, it always goes better than, than what I expect uh, because, you know, you don't know what to expect. I mean, obviously I see the questions, and I try to scramble for answers and whatnot. And it's, it's always fun. It's always interesting to see what people want to uh, know about or, or ask about. It's, it's a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, so that's this episode. Uh, if you listen to 275, you know that we kind of switch things up. I do invite you guys to join us for now. It's at least two hours on a Friday. And I'm going to be splitting up both hours of the show. I think it'll be easier for people to digest that instead of just throwing up two straight hours. Uh, I think it'll work best with the first hour, which is discussing new releases and just different things that patrons uh, ask about live on the air. Uh, it's one of the other perks of being a patron is that you do have access to coming in and talking about different subjects that may be on your mind uh, every week. So, and, you know, yeah, I, I know that other shows do similar. They do it via their chats or whatnot. But uh, the idea is to have the first hour dedicated to new releases, which is something that I talked about every week. And I usually had Jeremy, Brad, and Johan come on. And not by design. I mean, it wasn't that it was limited to just them. It's just that the way that what I had tried with Fireside, it was the only people that uh, were patient enough to jump through all of the fiery hoops and be approved and have the right device and have the moon line up and the sun and this and that. And it's just all this stuff that was asked of them. And yeah, so... um so that's what I'm going to do. First hour is going to be new releases and whoever wants to hop on and discuss different things, they'll, they'll be allowed to ask and partake. So it's going to be another perk of being a patron, which, oh yeah, you can do for a little, as little as $2 a month. So, um, yeah. So, you know, I want to have this interaction with people and I want to make sure that, you know, we keep it to a friendly Bunch of people that aren't going to be dicks about things. You know, don't be a dick. <laughs> and then there won't be any problems. And if you are, I can block you so that you don't come back in or, you know, you're, you're not allowed in there. So um, if you want to chat about music, if you've got different things that you want to bring up, maybe different things in the news or different shows that you've gone too recently, you know, hopefully we have Johan on to talk about Sweden rocks. Uh, shortly, we're also going to do our 1983 discussion in a few weeks. And we're also going to do a special discussing our favorite albums of the year so far. We're at that halfway point now. We're at July. So we've got the first six months out of the way. We can talk about this stuff. Uh, Jeremy's going to be a big part of that. We have his patrons pick coming up in a few seconds. Always cool to hear what albums he's digging and what uh, he's currently checking out. If you check out my new releases post today, I wrote about the new Haunt album. But enough about me. Let's see what Jeremy has to say. 
Here's Jeremy Weltman with Patron's Pick. So we made it. We're halfway through the year. Finally, we're there. It's end June, beginning of July. There's been so many great releases and plenty over the past week. Believe me, I've listened to almost all of them that were listed on the MarsAttacksRadio.com website by Victor. And there were. it was very hard, actually, to choose a patron's pick for this week because I enjoyed quite a few. Um, so just to go through a few very quickly... Uh, the first one I'd like to point out, a very decent offering from the supergroup Projected on Rat Pack Records. It's called Hypoxia. Some very well-crafted songs on that, some solid guitar sound and vocals. Um, the band consists of the Seven Dust members, John Connolly and Vinnie Hornsby, uh, also the Tremonti guitarist Eric Friedman and Ultrabridge drummer Scott Phillips. It's, uh, it's a great album. Um, check it out. Another album... Uh, is the collection of experienced musicians uh, in a band called Philosophobia. I think uh, even Victor had a problem with that last week uh, live when uh, he tried to pronounce it too. Um, It's a prog metal quintet. Uh, Those are members of Camelot, Pain of Salvation and Wasteful. Uh, So it's really sort of for fans of Sons of Apollo and, and similar sounding bands. Very enjoyable album, that one as well. So I recommend you check that one out. There's also some uh, very worthy songs on the album uh, Delusions by um, Mind Collapse. That actually only has six tracks, so maybe it's an EP. It's 30 minutes long. It's uh, a hardcore sort of punk sludge type band from Chicago. Really enjoyed that one and also really considered it as patron's pick this week. There was also some uh, real classic 80s style rock from the South African band L.A. Cobra. Um, I do suggest you try and ignore the first track. I didn't find that to be particularly appealing, but it's an album that improves and uh, certainly has its moments uh, if you're into that sort of music. Some honorary mentions also go to Emery for the album Rub Some Dirt Out, uh, uh, sorry, Rub Some Dirt On It, uh, and also uh, a new Wobbum style, uh, very well produced band called Black Rose UK, which I've not heard before. Their album is WTF. There is also the Fallen Sanctuary Band, which released Terra Nova, and also Raptors, uh, Living Without Death's Permission, all worthy of a listen. This week's patron's pick, though, is Ashes and Bones by the Devil's Train Mystic Prophecy Crossover Band. This is a hard-hitting classic rock band. Uh, it's a German-Finnish band. It's definitely for fans of Vandenberg, Whitesnake, Inglorious, those sort of bands. Also Blackstone Cherry, who uh, released a, a live album over the past week as well. It's very well produced. It's got some catchy numbers on there. It's real sort of in-your-face rock and roll. Um, it's on the Rock of Angels label. There are 12 songs, 46 minutes of music. 11 songs of their own, and also a fairly decent rocked-up cover of Word Up by Cameo. I'd describe it as sort of Stetson music, it's Jack Daniels music, it's get your cowboy boots on, get fire up the barbecue, even though they're not a, a US band. It's European-style Blackstone Cherry. Uh, it certainly adds to the canon of Teutonic rock that we uh, are, are familiar with, um, headed by, of course, Scorpions Accept, Ramstein, all those sort of bands. And so this week's patron's pick is a real um, classic rock, 80s style, maybe? I don't know. It's a really good album. It's Ashes and Bones by Devil's Train. And it's this week's patron's pick. Truth be told... I thought that Jeremy would pick Devil's Train. That's why when I did my review last week, per se, I stayed away from that album because I knew it was something that was going to be right up his alley. Uh, If you check out the videos, I mean, to say Whitesnake, 
<laughs> is is yeah, it's kind of there because you've got the women, the cars, you've got all that great stuff going on. I, I reviewed uh, or I did my mini review of the Warnings new album uh, airs and um, or air, excuse me. But uh, yeah, Devil's Train, definitely if you're into, once again, if you're into 80s hard rock and that's your sort of thing, don't be a lazy listener and say, oh, there's there's no good new music. Nope, you're just a lazy listener because you don't find something that um, speaks to you or that you want to listen to. One of the cool benefits of joining my Patreon is that I post new music daily. I post several tracks daily. And I get it that not everyone can afford to join or wants to join. But if you're looking for new music, all different types of metal and hard rock subgenres, join, check it out. Try it out for a month. Doesn't work? Leave, bounce. You know, two bucks. It's not going to, you know, make, it's not going to, uh, eat away at anyone's college fund or their retirement fund. And, you know, I think you'll find a really troll-free environment. And it's interesting because a lot of people, the common thing that they say to me is, now that I, you know, now that I've joined, I get it. I get what you've been talking about all this time. And it's so much fun to talk with other people in a troll-free environment to just talk about music. And we have, for example, tonight, we have a thrash discussion, which is going to be a lot of fun. So um, you'll be seeing that or you'll be watching or hearing that uh, next week, hopefully, if all things go well. So anyway, just want to send a quick shout out to my patrons. We have a new patron. He was over on Mark Striegel's Patreon page, and he had said for a while that he was going to join up, and he finally did. It is Gene Eugene DX. Welcome aboard. Thank you for coming to the Patreon, to my Patreon. Hope you enjoy the experience. And uh, let's just go, as usual, uh, let's go in alphabetical order by first name. <laughs> and um, let's shout everyone out here. We have Anthony Mackey. We have my brother Art. We have... Brad Dahl, Mr. Yarg Metal himself out there in Utah. We have Chris Vaglio from the Chris and Amanda show. We have Ed the Shred Ferguson in Middle America. We have the metal dentist Gabriel Ruiz. We have Gene Eugene DX, who I just mentioned. We have Jeremy Weltman, who we just heard his patrons pick, Mr. Patrons pick Jeremy Weltman. We have the metal politician Johan up in Sweden. We have Jose in Connecticut, Metal Dan out there in California. We have our Mike Jones in New Jersey. Continuing the New Jersey theme, we have Twisted Steve Hoker. And we have Mr. Steven Saylor. Thank you for your support. There are other people that retweet and help spread the word as well. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Bill Elam. Uh, thank you for your support as well. Would love to have you on Patreon one of these days. Hopefully they could, you know, they finally open up their whole free subscription thing, which they've been talking about since the beginning of the year. And um, yeah, I hope that happens soon. And I can offer some of you guys that are kind of on the fence, you know, free subscription at least for a month and see what you think. If you want to stay great, and if not, well, then, you know, you're entitled to do what you want. Uh, anyway, so this is the Ask the Host episode, which questions came directly from my patrons. And what I do is give them first crack at pretty much everything, interview questions, and in this case, the Ask the Host uh, show that we have for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Let's jump on in.
Jeremy, uh, Jeremy's first up with the Ask the Host. He submitted a few songs, or a few songs, yeah. Submitted a few questions here. So let's, uh, let's, let's jump on into uh, Jeremy's questions. If you want to ask anything in the chat in the meantime as well, as time goes by, you're more than welcome to do so. I'm just going to get through the patron questions first here. So Jeremy's first question is, have you ever bought an album based on one or two songs or the off chance it would be good and later regretted it? Uh, There's been plenty, but I'll say that the first one that really comes to mind, and some people will think this is comical, but uh, I always remember the Andrew Ridgely solo album. Yes, Andrew Ridgely of Wham. He put out a track called Shake It, which was like a hard rock song. I was like, wow, oh my God, this guy can play guitar? Is, is he like Wham's Andy Taylor all of a sudden? Like this, this song is great. I really like it. I had the the chorus stuck in my head. Uh, I picked up the album, paid a lot for it. I paid like, I forget how much it was, but it was a lot more than what I would usually have paid for an album. And the rest sucks really bad, in my opinion. Um, other albums like that, uh, I I always remember uh, Foreigners' Unusual Heat. I remember the reviews were were like, "This album is great. They're back. You know, new singer. Blah blah blah." And it's one of the reasons why I no longer trust album reviews because it it talked up the album so much that um uh when i checked the album out it really wasn't what i expected so um yeah so i would say those two i mean there's others um frankie goes to hollywood's rage hard after absolutely loving the first frankie goes to hollywood the the second album it's called Rage Harder Liverpool. I forget. Might be called Liverpool. Um, I realize it's not really metal, but anyway. It um yeah, it it really it really wasn't what uh what what I had expected. So um two good songs and the rest is kind of forgettable. Anyway, so, th- so there's my question. Or there's my answer. Uh, Jeremy also asks, which of the bands today will be talked about like the Beatles and Led Zeppelin in 50 years time? My answer is none. Uh, I always go back to the conversation that Matt Sorum, uh, formerly of Guns N' Roses, had with Mike Portnoy. And he said something to the effect of, um... You know, regarding his playing in Don't Cry, he said something to the effect of, well, what's what's the difference in 50 years, 100 years? Nobody's going to remember, you know, who I am. My name isn't Ringo. My name isn't, you know, uh, Charlie Watts isn't John Bonham. So kind of the same thing. You know, I think outside of the, you know, Beatles, Stones, Zeppelin, I, I, uh, Sabbath, Metallica, you know, maybe Sabbath, maybe Metallica. I don't know. I have a hard time believing that, you know, a, a lot of these bands are going to have the staying power that, th- that these other bands had way back when, you know? So, um, there you go. Metal Dan is saying that the Matt Sorum book was really good. I, you know, I, I need to, uh, See if there's an audio version of that because I'm really terrible. A terrible, terrible reader. That's why I made sure that my kids were were good readers. So there you go. Um so let's see. Next question here. You are on a desert island. You can only take 10 albums to play forever. What are they? It's the people who follow the show. 
Let's see. Jeremy is saying um, Metallica Maiden and ACDC. Very well, you know, that could be very, very fair point there. But little else. Oh, so you didn't like the Frank Bellow. Any, anything that uh, stood out for you with regards to um, with the Frank Bellow that was kind of a letdown to you? Anything specifically that you weren't into? Um, as, as far as the Desert Island albums, well, you guys would expect Kiss Creatures of the Night for me, obviously. Black Sabbath's Dehumanizer. Iron Maiden, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil. The Cult, Beyond Good and Evil. Love that album to death. Depeche Mode's Ultra, an album that I play to death still to this day. Anthrax's Volume 8, huge album. I know it's an underrated album by them, an album that I would play to death. Bad Religions, Stranger Than Fiction, such a great album. And finally, Social Distortions, White Heat, White Light, White Trash. That would be my 10. Hard to whittle it down to just 10, but that's my 10 and I'm sticking to it. Uh, let's see. Someone once asked, once asked me, what is it about heavy metal that I like? And I found it difficult to answer. What was, it was more of a feeling than I could put into words. So I am asking you the same question. Um, to me, there's, there's a lot of different things. Yes, it's definitely a feeling. It's an attitude. Uh, I can hear a certain riff or drum part or bass part. And I can get, you know, the um, goosebumps on my arms. I can listen to a lyric. It can get me out of, you know, a crappy mood. It could make me push the gas on my car. Uh, it can make me do whatever I'm doing faster. Uh, with more intensity, you know, there's just something about hard rock and metal music that does that music in general. If it's good, it'll elicit that from you. I mean, um, when I interview certain artists, I thank them for their music because of the fact that it, it gets you through those hard times. It, you know, when, when thing is, things are crappy, you know, I often, Talk about how John Bush era anthrax does that for me. It was a real crappy time in my life. You know, um, marriage gone bad, debt, not happy with my job situation. You know, there was so much crap that was going on at the time. And, you know, you listen to a song like Catharsis by Anthrax. Um, you listen to Inside Out, you listen to, you know, songs off of these top 10 albums that I picked. They may not be the most popular or whatever, but they've got lyrics that speak to me. I mean, the, the first time that I heard the song Creatures of the Night, you know, um, remember when the clock strikes 12, the losers always win, you know, stuff like that. Sure, it's cheesy or whatever for some people, but those lyrics to me made me think, hey, you know, even if things are bad, I can turn this around. You know, I can, I can come back and, and overcome. So that's why a lot of the lyrics and a lot of these songs, you know, speak to me. Um, so, yeah, you know, a lot of lyrics, again, it's emotional. It's a rallying cry. It's, it's a lot of different things. Um, so, yeah. I hope that I've been able to answer that correctly. I was going to set up a sample for um, Steve Hoker, since, uh, of course, Jeremy said that every time that he hears Steve Hoker's name, that he thinks of the intro from Twisted by Vinnie Vincent. So I got I to gotta set that sample up so that I could uh, trigger that before mentioning his name. 
So um, he asks, was there a toy you really wanted as a kid but didn't get it? And, and if so, have you ever tried finding it as an adult? I always wanted the Death Star playset as a kid but never got it. I ended up getting it as an adult, but then it got destroyed in a flood along with my original Jaws game. Yeah, those two hurt. So... There's a lot of cool stuff from when I was a kid. A lot of stuff that, you know, when I moved to Europe that I just tossed in the garbage that I was like, oh, I'll never need this again or whatever. And then realized that, wow, these are like collectibles now and they're worth a lot of money. Um, but uh, yeah, um, there have been things like Shogun Warriors, if people know what that is, that we had as kids. That uh, that I thought were ultra cool. I know Super Seven has released like a Shogun Warrior of Optimus Prime, worth like four hundred dollars, just ridiculous in price. But um, uh, recently, actually, within the last few years during COVID, or no, before COVID, I reacquired the Mad Magazine board game and the Mad Magazine card game, only because of its ridiculousness. And because I wanted to, you know, share those types of goofy games with my kids. So we've played the Mad Magazine board game and the card game I will be receiving in a few weeks uh, because shipping was like stupid to Europe. And so I had it shipped back home to New Jersey. So I should be getting that within a few weeks. Um, there's a ton of things that I left back at my folks' house. You know, we're speaking to McFarlane, a bunch of different sets of Kiss McFarlane figures, um, a 40-inch Iron Maiden trooper statue, which, I mean, to ship back then to Europe cost like 60 bucks. So today it probably costs like 200 to ship. There's a bunch of things that I'm killing myself that I wish I would have brought. I wish I would have brought my symbols for my drum set because one symbol in Europe costs more than what it costs for all of them in the States right now. So go figure. It'd be cheaper for me to bring them than it would be to, uh, to buy them all new. As Steve also asked, uh, if you could build a super group, who would it be in 2022? Um, do this. In 2022, it would be on guitars, bass, keys, and vocals, because he can do all this stuff. Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails. Bass. Bass. Bass and vocals. Troy Sanders of Mastodon. He's also played in Killer Be Killed, Gone is Gone, and Thin Lizzy, actually. Really cool vocalist and has a different kind of a voice. I think that would be interesting. All these guys that I'm mentioning outside of the drummer can actually sing. So, um, guitars, actually two guys that have worked together, Tommy Victor of prong guitar and vocals, Monty Pittman, who's been on the show, uh, guitar and vocals. Actually, I've had four of the five people that I'm going to mention on the show. Monty Pittman, just the most underrated guitarist, just a sick player. Um, just, just great. Just a great player. Um, and on vocals, well, on drums, Charlie Benante of Anthrax. And he's worked with the singer before. His music has been mentioned a few times during this episode already. John Bush, Anthrax, Armored Saint fame. Without a doubt. My favorite person to interview have to be the, the, the lead vocalist of this band. What they would sound like, they would sound probably unique because a lot of different styles of music, a lot of different styles of uh, vocals. It would be an interesting mish, mishmash. Um, if I were to have, uh, you know, uh, people that are no longer with us, be interesting. Uh, well, 
probably Freddie Mercury on vocals, guitars, probably Eddie Van Halen and Randy Rhodes, bass, Phil, uh, Phil Linnett from uh, Thin Lizzy, from Tin Lizzy, and drums. Fucking cozy pal, man. <laughs> there's, you know, there's a lot of different options. Could be John Bonham, could be Neil Peart, but cozy pal. So, hope that answers that. I'm sure that more than one person is saying, the hell, what the hell is he talking about? Why is he picking that lad? Lemmy. Le Lemmy's, uh, Lemmy's another one that I could have picked. <laughs> you right? Yeah, just having a little water, Lem. You right? Throat's still a little sore, so we're getting there. Um, Brad Dahl. Let me uh, add this for Brad here. All right. Brad sent me that. All right. So he says, I think we discussed this before, but name five active bands you would like to drum for should their drummers explode. First one I'm going to mention is easy because I play in a cover band that just covers their material. Misfits. That's simple. Uh, two. Kiss. Because I'd be able to, I mean, most of the, the five I'm going to mention, I can play all the stuff there without an issue. Um, Kiss would be another one. Motley Crue, if uh, Tommy Clufetis doesn't uh, work out, I can do uh, Tommy Lee's stuff to a T. No problem there. Uh, four. The Cult. No problem there. Would love to play some of the cult stuff. They probably wouldn't take my suggestions as to some of the songs I'd want to play, but I'd be good with playing a lot of the stuff off of Electric that they usually play. Uh, fifth was kind of hard because, you know, like everything else where you got to come down to that last choice. You know, do you say Iron Maiden? Do you say, you know, Scorpions, Ozzy? But then I thought of the funness factor of the energy of this band and, and what they bring to the table and seeing them once again, seeing their show uh, from Hellfest this past weekend. I watch it with my wife. Suicidal Tendencies. Um, just so much to love about what they do. And I think it would be fun with having all the fans come up and jump around and sing and, and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my final answer. So, um, next up metal Dan with his questions. And who goes to dynamite? Uh, metal Dan says guns and roses street of dreams song from CD. Mark, he's referring to Mark Striegel, recently posted this, this tune was in their set list. I gave another listen, and I agree this is a good song, but not perfect. In my opinion, the opening vocals are share-like. Then Axel nails it with the next verse. What do you think of the song? Am I nuts with my share comment? Uh, the song should be better. Yeah, the song would be better if it was... A duet. I wish I had the um, auto tune. Do you believe? If, is 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 that what we're going for? Um, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the song um, "Land of the Lost," where they find the crystal that uh, gives them the auto tune, and Danny McBride and and Will Ferrell are, are singing uh, the share song, "Life After Love" or whatever the heck it's called. Um, Metal Dan, 
I see the shared resemblance. I, I get what you're saying. And it's funny because the first sentence that he sings, the first verse, share, second verse, Axel, third verse, share, fourth verse, Axel. So I get exactly what you're saying with it being a duet. He, maybe he could have uh, used Alison Krauss, could have borrowed her from Def Leppard. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, uh, I could definitely see that song being a duet. And it makes you think, you know, did did he have someone like a Duff in mind when he recorded that? You know, where they could bounce vocal styles back and forth, which they kind of did on a few tracks on Use Your Illusion. Not really bounce back and forth, but, you know, they would have different vocals throughout songs. And also, you know, if you think about something like, um, oh, damn it, I was going to say Enslaved. Um, when you're talking to yourself at nobody's home, alone, uh, what song is that? Um, estranged, not Enslaved. Okay, so Estranged is what I'm looking for. Um, oh, yeah, that looks cool. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you know, I think that, yeah, Johan wasn't impressed with their appearance. I guess the local newspaper said that they were terrible as well. He mentioned that there was like 30,000 people when the show started. And that after like an hour, it had dwindled down to like a few thousand. So like in the four digits. Uh, he said that there were the solos were extended in all the songs and that it just didn't, that it would seem like an off night for them. Um, I think that the song, a street of dreams isn't a bad song, but it just sounds like it was just pieced together. Like it was an expensive demo. And if you look at the credits, it's, you know, most of the songs off of the album have multiple drummers, have like four guitarists because pieces were taken from here, pieces were taken from there. It was all pieced together. And if you really listen to, if you really analyze it, like you can almost hear where the song was kind of, you know, cut and pieced together in certain parts. Song isn't bad. But it isn't one of the, my go-to songs off of the album. I, you know, I would honestly say that the title track, uh, Shackler's Revenge, Better If the World, Riyadh and the Bedouins, those are all songs that I've played a, a lot more. Yeah, Street of Dreams by Rainbow is, is one that <sighs> was probably my introduction to Rainbow due to the Masters of Metal compilation that I've re referenced several times over the years. But it, I don't know. To me, it's probably the weakest song off of that compilation. I get that Jolyn Turner wants to be in the Rainbow Conversation saying that, oh, you know, my album's outsold everyone else. Yeah, because they were released in the 80s. So kind of a different, you know, sales paradigm was, was going on then. But will your albums be remembered more than the Dio albums? Uh, no. So would you? Would anyone take Street of Dreams over Man on the Silver Mountain or Kill the King or, you know, even L.A. Connection or Stargazer? No. <laughs> you know, don't fool yourself. And I, you know, honestly, I would take. Jolin Turner's work with Inve Malmsteen over his work with Rainbow, which I find kind of boring. You know, it was just radio rock, to be honest. You know, and I want to hear... I want to hear Richie Blackmore shredding on a guitar. I don't want to hear him trying to get a radio hit. So, uh, let's see here. A Chinese democracy, I, you know, again, I think that uh, there's a lot of undue hate there. Uh, you know, I would love to hear a new album from them, but we've already heard two songs, Absurd, which was a leftover from those sessions, and Hard School. I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, what, it, what it's like for 
Slash and, and Duff, Frank Ferrer, and the rest of the guys, plus Axel and Richard Fortas. Um, do a new album. You know, I'm, I'm interested in hearing it. So, um, let's see. Mike Jones. Let's see what, uh, what sound effect do we have here for, for, for Mike Jones? Um, how about this one? All right. Uh, let's see. So Mike Jones asks, is there a band that you would, that you like whose music is out, is so outside of the norm of what you usually listen to that would shock people, you know? Well, for example, comes to mind and then there's an album by, uh, yeah, no, um, <laughs> There's a lot of things. Um, I asked in Patreon last week if there's anything that people listen to that is that they really like that's outside of the realm of hard rock and metal. A lot of things that I listen to. Um, a few things that would shock you guys. Well, how about uh, early Rihanna? <laughs> how about... Uh, California Dream, Katy Perry. I've played the ever-living crap out of that album. I still think it's a great pop album, you know? Um, back in the day, I played Sig Sig Sputnik's Flaunt It a lot, and there's still songs off of that that I really like. There's a lot of Nickelback that I actually like. Uh, Silver Side Up, which is the first big album by them, you take away the crappy singles, they tend to release all this shit as their singles. The deep tracks are actually pretty good. Um, Bush's last album, Kingdom, phenomenal album. You know, I know a lot of people don't like Bush. Listen to that. It sounds like 90s industrial hard rock. I mean, it's just album came out 30 years too late, basically. But I think it's great. Uh, Oasis, love a lot of Oasis up until standing on the shoulders of giants. After that, it kind of became touch and go, but those first three albums are fucking monster albums. They're huge. Um, it's a lot of early pet shop boys that I like a lot of information society uh, out of their entire catalog that I like. Uh, Depeche Mode, one of my all-time favorite bands. They're top five favorite for me. You know, absolutely love them. U2 is in my top five all-time favorite. Although I hate that last album that they released was a steaming turd. Just terrible. And the one before, if it wasn't for the, the, the unreleased B-sides or, you know, the, the extended songs off of the deluxe version, it would have been like two songs. Um, Their album before that, No Line on the Horizon, was great. And the few before that, you know, were kind of touch and go. The one that everyone loves, the one that has Beautiful Day off of it, that's probably, like, one of the only songs that I like off of the album. The rest is just, like, crappy ballads. I don't get it. But, you know, uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I think that Welcome to the Pleasure Dome is one of the greatest pop albums of the 80s, pop rock, or however you want to look at it. Um, second album, not so good. But there's a lot of really cool stuff off of there. Like, listen to the song Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, the, the title track. I mean, I always thought that if a hard rock or metal band covered that, that that would make, like, a sick cover. The song's 13 minutes long. <laughs> but nonetheless, I, th I think it would be, would be a cool song. So, um, those are things that kind of come to mind. I mean, there's, there's outside of jazz music, outside of reggaeton, outside of like cumbia or outside of, 
Like I'm not into bachata or merengue or stuff like that. Unfortunately, I know that there are people that like all that stuff, but I'm just not into any of that stuff. Um, country music also really not into it. But outside of that, I'll listen to pretty much anything, anything else. So hope that answers your question, Mike Jones. Uh, let's say we have the um, Connecticut uh contingency asking uh some questions here F- finding a uh f- f- finding finding a uh sample that's uh uh, the translations of Step Brothers into Spanish, instead of being um, Will Ferrell and being um, John C. Riley, that is um, uh, actor Santiago Segura and uh, Flo Florentino Fernandez uh, in the scene right before they, the bunk beds there. So there you go. <laughs> um, so the question is. What's the piece of trivia about a band that really surprised you? Um, good question. I th- I think, I don't know if it's trivia so much. I mean, from time to time, there'll be like, you'll find out who guests on certain songs. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, I didn't expect him to appear on this album or that album. Um, So that's, you know, one of these things that um, that surprises me. I think it surprises me more than anything how just um, um, I'm trying to think of a political way of saying this. Not how much of a letdown some of these artists are, but how like carny like they are. You know, you, you you think about, and this is something that we've been talking about. It's something that I'd love to have podcasters on to talk about. And it's something that I asked a fellow podcaster about. And he said, Yeah, don't expect me to be on your show. Talk about this. But like the morality with certain people and how fans will turn a blind eye to what people do just because, Oh, I love him. You know, we sung on so-and-so we, we had, you know, this discussion with Paul Diano, Paul Diano stole $50,000 from the national healthcare system. The UK went to jail over it. And as a result uh, is in Croatia now, and he's finally going to get operated on. Now I, there was somebody that was arguing with me that, Supposedly works for the national healthcare system saying, you know, even though he stole from the system, he, he wouldn't be, you know, blocked from getting the operation. It's just that the waiting list is so long. He probably doesn't want to wait any longer. And I said, well, not for nothing, but he's had this issue for over 10 years at least. So all of a sudden, you know, what's, what's the rush? Um, but so stuff like that, you know, where somebody steals, a great deal of money. He stole money from the national healthcare system. Then they crowdfunded and raised money for him. And he allegedly, all that money allegedly disappeared. Um, there's all the stuff surrounding Chuck Schuldiner, the late, you know, uh, mastermind behind the band death. And there was money raised for him. And it's well documented how the person and his ex-girlfriend who raised the money never gave the money to his family. You know, they, they kind of kept it for themselves. Um, you know, so there's, so there's like a lot of carny stuff like that, you know, things with former members of bands not getting along with one another, or, you know, you look at all the shams and things that Vinnie Vincent has done over the years, you know, and and that I know of that he's personally done to people that I know. So, and people still are fans, people, you know, and obviously, you know, you're entitled to your own opinion, doing what 
what you want, but for people to, and I mean, I know of people that didn't want to listen to great white after the station fire, which was completely negligent on their behalf. 200 people died as a result. Um, and obviously someone had to pay for that, but it's not the same as out and out stealing from your fans. Some of the stuff that's happened to me with, you know, crowdfunding where you pay a hundred bucks for a piece of memorabilia. Shit. I have a, again, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Welcome to the pleasure dome limited edition five vinyl box set which there was only like 150 copies made. I paid $100 for it. I got that. But there's the whole Last in Line album and the Last Filter album, which never, which were never released. And the Filter album hurt even more because they were playing samples of what ended up being one song. And they were playing the samples as if, oh, we've got an entire album done. Where's the album? You know, and it's it's weird because the late Bernie Torme made sure that with his crowdfunding that he released his album to his fans because what he didn't want was the fans to be the ones to, you know, end up paying for, you know, some deceitful tactics that a platform had pulled. But with these other bands, what they did instead was just said, oh, we're not giving you shit and we're just going to resell all this stuff anyway. So I got from um, Last in Line, I, uh, you know, I mentioned it on one of their forums. I think it was on Facebook because they were they were censoring people's comments. And I basically said, hey, not for nothing, but why should I have to rebuy your album? Oh, well, we never got paid for it. Well, that's fine and dandy, but I never got my money back. So why should I buy? Why should I pay, in their case, another hundred bucks to get what I should have gotten? You know, and I was told, oh, you know, we'll we'll ship the vinyl to you and we'll send you a separate uh, jacket. I'm like, why the fuck would I want two jackets for the album? You know, I, I don't I, I didn't get it. So sore spot. Sorry. Um, other, uh, other things. I mean, I, I guess kind of got sidetracked there with uh, with the question. Um, trivia that really surprised me. Anything else? Uh, trying to think. No, I, I mean. Obviously, there are cases when you find out that certain people played on certain albums that weren't credited. But yeah, you know, um, can't really think of anything else. Let's see. Jeremy is asking if someone has never heard hard rock or metal before, what three albums would you play them? Um. I would probably play them Back in Black by ACDC. Would probably play them. Hmm. Uh, Probably Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden, although I wouldn't say it's my favorite. But because of you know the popularity and because of the hooks with some of the songs i think i would play them that poof a third album um probably go with creatures of the night by kiss but i mean if i'd if i'd be allotted to go beyond that yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with any of those. Jeremy's saying, Back in Black, Heaven and Hell, Number of the Beast. I mean, yeah, we could perfectly do that. Um, great choices, all three of those. Other things that I may think of is Metallica's Black Album, maybe. Definitely as, as a gateway, you know, for as much as people bitch about, you know, they sold out on that album. Um, I think that 
songs on the Black Album would be the gateway to get you to listen to other things and say, you know what, as much as I appreciate the Black Album, I prefer Ride the Lightning, you know, something along those lines. So, um, yeah, I, I would I would stick to stick to those. Um, I mean, I know that there's some people that would go, oh, why not play Cradle of Filth? Or what? No, because you know, chances are that they're not getting into black metal on the first thing. You know, let's see. Going back up to Connecticut. Uh, has there been a song that when you started learning to play it, you didn't like it that much and eventually you grew on it? Absolutely. <laughs> Plenty of misfit songs. Um, there's a lot of early stuff that, um, you know, like I Became a Martian or uh, Teenagers from Mars. Um, Martian theme there. What else? There's there, there's there's a bunch of things. Um, but then there's the flip side where there's songs that I learned that I hated more after learning. You know, Saturday Night, for example, is is one of those where it's like a callback to like a 50s ballad. And it's just slow and boring for me to play. Um, we did a cover of Monster Mash because Misfits covered it. And just never like into that one either. Um, there's a song called that they did with a Japanese band called Balzac. Um, called the day the world caught fire. That song. Um, um was one that I was like, ah, why are we covering something that isn't originally by them? That's like a collaboration with another band. Now, once I started learning the song, it's hard to play. But then once you play it, it's a really cool song to play. Um, so yeah, Molotov covered Me Converti and Marciano. All right. Let's see. Be able to tell by the first few notes. I should be able to. All right, so that isn't coming up on Apple Music. Let's see. Uh, YouTube. What are the chances that ah, actually on my computer I won't get? A commercial. Okay, let's see. Yeah, well, on iTunes directly, it's called Marciano, and in parentheses, I turned into a Martian. El peatón no es un tope, es un ser humano, amigo del pecero. Maneje con precaución. Estás en Radio Molotov y esto es Me convierto en Marciano de los Misfis. El cuerpo marrano que solía tener Ni la cara, pensamientos marcianos y... yes. Very in the style of Molotov And I mean, I can't Play the entire Misfit song Because I'll get crapped on Everything um, Why did it do that? Misfits um,
So this was a song that um, that I would always speed up. It was almost one of these things where I would see how fast I could push everyone else to play, how fast I could push them to play. I'd usually play that at twice as fast, but yeah. So, um, so there you go. Um, yeah, it's always fun to learn different songs to play them. So, uh, going back to Brad's list as, as we were talking about bands that I'd love to, uh, play for, although they're not one of my favorites. I mean, obviously if Foo Fighters were to call, that's never going to happen. But, um, yeah, you know, I could play a Foo Fighters song or two. Could be the uh, second member of the band to have a podcast. <laughs> there you go. Um, anyway, let's see. Any other questions before we uh, wrap things up here? Anything else? Any other question? Parkour! What are you doing? I think I have more. Um... No, that's about it. No, actually. You have one more. Come on. Don't be shy. There you go. The whole butt licker segment. Excuse me. So. Anyway, I do need to thank Jeremy for coming on the first hour, providing uh, his questions, also doing patrons pick every week. Um, I need to thank Steve Hoker for his questions. I need to thank Brad Dahl for his questions. Metal Dan for being in the chat and providing questions as well. Mike Jones for providing his questions. Thank you. To Jose and Paula up in Connecticut as well. And if there's no more questions, we are going to wrap the show up here. So we're going once, going twice, sold. That's it, folks. Thanks for uh, chiming in. Thanks for watching. It's been great, fun to be back. And next week, We'll be back with uh, the patrons thrash discussion. If you are a patron and you haven't submitted your list yet, please send me your top 10 thrash bands of all time. If you don't have 10, you only got one, got three. If you got five, send me what you got and I'll work with it. So uh, just let me know. And next Friday, we'll have a bunch of patrons on to discuss thrash metal. And uh, after that, we're going to have uh, uh, Mr. Dan Lorenzo back to talk about his new Patriarchs in Black album. And following that, we're going to have Nikki Law from Breaking the Law PR, somebody who I go way back with, um, way back with her helping provide me with interviews and stuff like that. So I've been trying to coax her to come on the show for years, and all of a sudden I saw that she said she'd be willing She's willing to do interviews. So I said, well, why not? There we go. So anyway, uh, that's what we got coming up next few weeks. And once again, this show will now start up at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. in the UK. And it will be 11 p.m. in Europe. And then we will have you know patrons on for the first hour whoever wants to join to talk about new releases and for example today we did talk about a bunch of really cool new tracks that have come out and then the second hour will be with guests so um that is it folks that will be what we will be following from now on out and since this is an independent podcast kind of do whatever the hell we want and fluctuate as time goes by and see what works out best. So there you go. Anyway, 
Thank you guys once again for joining us tonight. Uh, with that all said, we will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast and, sig and Signals from Mars. Yeah, I said that already. From uh, brought to you by VMR IT web design, audio editing, so on and so forth. So see you folks. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 